RadioInfluence.com. Alrighty, this Rock Stops Here podcast is along the same lines of what I am trying to do each and every week, every Tuesday, when a new Rock Stops Here podcast drops. And that is talk to someone in the sports or entertainment field that has been at the top. They have made it to the top, might be past the top, what it's like after the limelight is all done. Um, how hard was it to get to the top? What's your advice? What I have found out after 85 episodes, everybody that I talk to is a good person. You know, nobody's perfect. Everybody's got flaws, but I'm just saying hard worker, talented, but a good person. Well, today's episode is along the same lines but it's my first ever guest that is on the way to the top. It's a slam dunk. Now, I have seen this over and over over the years. I've run into young broadcasters that I said, this person is going to the top. And my guest today on the Rock Stops here, I will put, I'll bet everything that she she's on her way to the top. Good person, number one, hard worker, very talented, passionate, good peeps, and good. Her name is Casey Hudson. She's known as the Sports Case. That's her, uh, she's the founder of the Sports Case. That's her website. She is a podcast host now on Odyssey and BetQL. She also is a digital media contributor on Pewter Report covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's how I really got to meet her. So I wanted to make sure that I gave credit there because without that, I never I never would have even met her. But she loves covering a lot of sports and the NFL. But really, hockey and the Tampa Bay Lightning is number one for her. She loves it. She loves the NHL and she loves the Tampa Bay Lightning and covering them. So she's got a bunch of podcasts. She's I'd call her an influencer, man, because she does so much more than that. And there's parts, there's a lot about her life that I didn't know until we sat down. We did this at a place called the Sale, the Sale, the Sale Pavilion. It's right in downtown Tampa. It's along the, the uh, riverfront, the, the walkway there, where you have boats and you have the Hillsborough River and you've got the convention center, you've got the beautiful hotels. You're a couple of stone's throws away from Amelie Arena. It's just a beautiful, beautiful setting. And I've done many a live radio show sitting out there and they've since revamped and, 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 and reconstructed that thing to look even more beautiful. It's just a great, great, great. And it was a nice day and it was on a weekday and nobody was bothering us. It was a perfect day for an outdoor podcast in Tampa Bay. And so remember the name Casey Hudson, because when she is humongously big, you'll be like, wow, I remember when she was on rocks. Rock's Podcast, The Rock Stops Here. So it's my pleasure 
to talk with up-and-coming superstar, the sports case, Casey Hudson. All right, I am with the lovely, super cool, very busy, you would never know it, world traveler. She does it all, and I'm honored, honored. The sports case, the one, the only, Casey Hudson. How are you, Casey? Hi, Rock. I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting back my feet underneath me, coming back from Munich and then adventures through Europe on my way back home um, and then dove right into the holiday. And then, as you know, working in sports, the holiday is just just as much chaos so came right back to a lot of hockey a lot of family and now i get to sit down and chat with you oh my god we are we are at the sale it's called the sale the sale pavilion it's right on the water the beautiful river walk right here in front of the convention center it's a beautiful late november day and no humidity we're sitting smack dab underneath the sail there's boats, we're hanging. Life's pretty good. <laughs> Life's really good. Especially because it was kind of misting and raining the past few days, and now we get this perfect weather to sit down and have a conversation. So, obviously, we want to get into how you're just climbing that ladder, but uh, coming off a trip like that, I mean, oh my God. Like, I knew you were going to Munich, and I was like, oh, great. It sounded like maybe it was going to be a little bit more, and then it was so much more. What an experience, huh? Yes, beyond an experience. First of all, growing up the way that I did, I actually grew up in a very foreign family. So it was soccer and tennis for us. Um, so to see that whole translation of Premier League or international soccer and the NFL meet was beyond an experience. And they carried over so much of the Premier League excitement into that game with the chants and making up songs. And they came up with chants for Tom Brady on a whim and everybody just gets involved. So Kind of being able to pull together my first loves with what I'm doing now was exciting. And then I, I brought my roommate with me and we decided, why not just work our way through? You You have to take a flight out of Munich. Why not take trains all the way through to the end of Europe and then leave? Um, one thing I should have taken into account is that I'm directionally challenged in the States. So thinking that I was going to read uh, train tickets in German, <laughs> well was was an interesting thing so the funniest story that i always have to tell is that my roommate and i get to the train station we miss our first train we decide we want to go to paris and uh while we're on the when we get to the train station we get our tickets for the next train coming up what's on the ticket wasn't on the sign over the train you had to catch the small number in the front of the train to make sure that you were on the right train so <laughs> we hopped on the train then we were like for some reason it didn't feel right so then she hops off the train while i'm still on the train and i'm like are we sure about this and we're sitting here having this whole conversation wondering if it's the right train or not i have one giant 100 pound bag she's got two suitcases at the end of it all she's i'm like let's just take the freaking train we don't know what's going to happen so i'm on the train she's throwing me her bags i'm throwing them down the way while people are trying to walk through the train and get to their assigned seats oh and by the time we got settled we were both out of breath sweating we had coffee um in our hands we had bagels in our hands <laughs> we didn't even want our food anymore and we sat in on our unassigned seats just to breathe wow. Wow. ends up we found our seats after the fact stashed away our luggage and had a nice little five-hour train ride to paris after that <laughs> oh, i love the picture with the eiffel tower oh. and being now everybody they say it's a romantic city do you mm -hmm. feel it did you feel it or is that bs no it's and so you true you felt it's it so true as soon as you get there all the little 
um, picturesque cafes that you see in pictures and videos, they're, they're beyond every corner. It's almost wow. every other shop is some sort wow. of unique cafe that's covered in flowers that are just so lively. So every inch of that city just has something breathtaking to it, which shocked me because here in the States, you know, you've got beautiful parts. And then if you walk too far to one end, it might not be so hot. So it was just, it was wild how picturesque every part of Paris was. I would say the one little surprise is that by the Eiffel Tower, you can't see it in pictures, but there's actually a pexiglass uh, gates surrounding the whole bottom of it. So unless you take an Eiffel tour, uh, Eiffel Tower tour, you're not going past those gates at the bottom. So that's why most people, when you see pictures, it's kind of like it's the far object in the back because they're further away from the Eiffel Tower. Now, I would have to look again, mm -hmm. but I just saw your picture. <laughs> it looked amazing. It didn't look like there was any plexiglass. You can't see it. You can't tell. And it was completely in the background of, of my picture. Well, not in the picture, but completely in the background oh of me. Oh my God. So I was across the street from the Eiffel Tower for that photo too. Oh my God. But it glitters. It just, it looks like you're looking at glitter. Almost like when the sun hits the water on a great wow. day is what the Eiffel Tower looks like morning to night. She is the sports case. <laughs> and just, just Google. It'll all be right there on where you can find her. Check out her pictures. And she's very good. Let's start even like this. I was thinking as I was driving here, you know, I checked out your schooling. What sticks out to me is you did social media and mass communications mm -hmm. to be ahead of the game when you get out. Am I right on that? Yeah. And it was, it's interesting how things just tend to line up because first of all, nobody would guess this now, but I hated social media when it first started. <laughs> no, wouldn't know it at all. No, no just the opposite. Um, my best friend, uh, Nikki Butler, she, she used to force me to do all the social medias. So it was, you know, Facebook came about and we weren't even oh old enough. God. You had to be in college when Facebook first came out for us. Oh so God. she's like, we changed our birthdays so that we were the cool girls that were on Facebook early. Yes, yes. But then when Instagram came about, she was like, oh, you love taking pictures, Casey. You just put it on the thing. And I was like, no, it's too much work. I don't want to do it. And then she comes at me about hashtags. And I was like, uh, uh, now I'm out. Like this sounds like so many steps, but luckily for her, having me translate my passion for photography um because i have an old page i'll probably revive it one day awesome, awesome. it was just the case at that point um, but i have an old page where i just used to love taking pictures i've always never been settled in one spot i was a military brat growing up so i think that's where pictures became a big thing for me um and i would use that a lot so that's how instagram started for me so then come college it was like i wanted to document everything and so i noticed at that point people were just starting to kind of get into it and then influencers were coming about and you know people would look at my page and be like oh well help me with this so while i'm in college i'm over here documenting things through a photography page as well as documenting everything i enjoy doing which is everything that I didn't know. I didn't know where it started. Yep. I saw that for a company, you did social media, did you not? Yeah. For several years? Yeah, my mom worked with a giant manufacturing company that works with five-star hotels called Indon International. And um, 
they work hand in hand with great interior design companies, but none of it was publicized. So my mom's like, well, my daughter loves doing this. Like, let me bring her in to help out. And I would go to conventions with them, take pictures, piece it together. Mom came through on yeah. that one. And then that's when I started to find my love for graphics because you could take something that was so bland and put so many layers to it. So then it was fun for me. And I was doing it for a manufacturing company. Then I ended up doing it um, for Cycle Studios and then fitness and stuff. And so that's kind of where social media started to branch out. Oh my God. I just just tell me on the side when I see you, what is the next thing? But not exactly what you're working on. That would not be right because you are ahead. So now, now you're doing more on camera mm -hmm. to a packed Emily Arena of 19,500 live. Insane. And all of your shows, your several of your podcasts with a very good company that you ended up hooking up with, huh? Yeah, by by God-given chance, honestly. Um, so about a year and a half ago, I had a guy reach out to me, Matt Volk, and he was like, hey, I've been following your career for a couple of years and you want to audition for this show. So I was just kind of like, well, okay. And he reached out on Instagram. So that's why I was a little, a little confused, but send me a full rundown, jumped on a, a Zoom, did this random betting little audition with minor detail thought I tanked it never heard back from the company and then this past May I get an email from this guy uh, Will and Ever and he's like hey so my buddy Matt Volk who's now the VP of Odyssey reached out and told me about you as a talent and we're trying to expand our podcast market we want to have an NFL podcast for every team you know, how would you feel about doing the Bucks? And I was like, wow, I didn't realize the magnitude of what it was at first because I was like, oh, okay, another podcast. Like I've been jumping on a few here and there. And then I realized, oh, this involves a contract and all this stuff. So it became a big deal. No, and unbelievable, mm -hmm. unbelievable. Now I do want to say before we go further, I not stumbled upon you, was fortunate <laughs> enough to meet you through Buccaneer Media mm -hmm. and you are and still are with Pewter Report. Yes. And you do contribute, but you also are very good with graphics and other things. And that is how you really started to follow, uh, really covering the Bucks, would you say? Well, or were you covering them before with no, Sports I was Case? Them or before, but um, a silent little. <laughs> I was so quiet because I've actually nobody knows this really. I've covered the Bucks for almost eight seasons now. I started in 2016 with an up-and-coming media company called Florida National News. Oh yes, no, yeah. no, no. You were in Orlando, but I didn't see them. Like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. And then I like who's there? But through and graphics is how Pewter found me. Oh, yeah. I see. It so, was me making see? fun random graphics for Bucks as well as Lightning. And it was actually Lightning graphics that I was making where Scott Reynolds was like, I love these. Can we translate this to football? And I was like, oh, of course. And then I showed him the football ones that I had made. And that's when we decided to partner up wow. and get wow. graphics and social media going. Now, you cover the NFL with the Bucks, mm -hmm. And you are in-depth with the two-time Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, morning skates, everything. You told me, is it the same? If you had a preference, yes, you love football. Yes, you love the Bucks. You would say the Lightning. Is that because of the NHL or is that the Lightning organization or both? Is it still the same way? It is. You were actually the first person I owned up to that about too. <laughs> Honored. Because um, I think I ran into you shortly after everything started coming about with Pucks and Bolts and Kaylee and I teaming up. And so at that moment, you, you caught me in a good place. So I, Rock got the first 
admission of hockey actually being a bit of a bigger love. Now I'm passionate about both, but I've got a little, got a little bit more love for hockey. Um, another first I'll give you rock why the NHL and why the lightning is because growing up a military brat, when my dad was juggling with when he was going to retire, we ended up in small town Apopka where they didn't have a gymnastics team, which was the thing that kept me the most grounded. I was a gymnast, soccer player and um, cheerleader growing up for the most part. When we got to Apopka, it was sportsplex, mega sportsplex, and all they had was ice skating, hockey or tennis. My mom's client at the time, his son played hockey, his two daughters figure skated and they figured because I did gymnastics, it should translate. So I ended up ice skating and, and doing all this. Uh, long story short, between my life as a military brat and then being a military brat that was a gymnast, that those decisions you have to make as a gymnast at eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, if you're taking the competitive route, is very similar to hockey players. They have to know they wanna play hockey at nine years old and that that's gonna be their life. So they have to stop playing lacrosse or soccer or anything else that they do. So I feel like I've always felt an understanding to yes. the sacrifices they make as a young kid to hope that it flourishes into this massive NHL career. Um, I love the culture too. I know sometimes in football we can feed into the headlines of things taking place off the field, but it's not like that with hockey. You can't go in there and have these appointed questions with the players or the coaches. Like it's really establishing a relationship and these guys have such great personalities and from knowing what they pop, having an idea uh, of what they went through making big decisions at eight, nine, 10, 11 years old to the way that they conduct themselves and how extremely important community and, and your hometown is, it just, I don't know, it all hits me on a different level. They, they exemplify team more yep. than any other sport because they mean it, they live it. I was just listening and I was thinking if you were a guy, they might end up decking you because they're physical and everyone is never going to rat out the other one yep and no one's going to have their phone out either nope that's a hockey hockey so that is awesome and women over the years we've had this discussion had this discussion in the newsrooms mm -hmm. girls and women and girls just love hockey and hockey players now number one <laughs> they are they're good looking dudes they got a lot of swag they are also physical and Somebody in our newsroom one time said, they're also on skates. <laughs> they're manly, they're on skates, they're good guys. They're, there you go. Is there anything to that? But why, do you notice that? Mm -hmm. I know more girls and women that love hockey and they also love the Lightning organization the as well. The fantastic. They are fantastic. I mean, top to bottom. And again, like I mentioned in the beginning of my career, this is one of the most intimidating fields. So I came in a bit more silent. Um, that's how but, to do it though. Yeah. I hate when someone comes in, sometimes it might be real boisterous and you just got here. Yeah. Where does that confidence come from? <laughs> do you ever see, you've seen that. Well, it's, it's them trying to outbark everybody else because when you walk into competitive environments, my dad always said, you either try to outbark or you observe. So I was always raised to observe because then you know, you know, what not to get involved in, what not to play into, how to kind of maintain yourself. And my favorite thing that sticks with me that my parents have always said is that no matter what career path you've chosen, and I think they always knew that I would do something pretty big. I've always had big dreams, but um, never sacrifice my dignity, my dignity or integrity. And you're challenged with that at so many turns in this industry because it's like the dangling candy. If only you give this up, or if only you do this, or if only you buy into this, like and we'll give you this. You're so you're very attractive, and so that you could easily 
go that way and make money mm-hmm. but you're well, i wouldn't even say that but i'm just saying that's yeah you, but it you happens. all it, it does yeah. something you know the first super bowl i ever got a chance to work was a mucky situation and if it wasn't for my support system and my family you know i it could have ended up being something pretty negative but i recognized it because i have great support system and i was never going to sacrifice my dignity or integrity i caught a red eye flight and got out of there and missed my first super bowl but it wasn't worth it <laughs> Oh, I didn't even know. It was mm-hmm. a bad situation somehow. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Well, there. Hey, you you survived that. You survived that. Now, uh, every I swear to God, I've met just a couple along the way. Army brat, army brats. They're always very cool, well-rounded. They you've you've met all different types. And always, that's just been my, this has been my experience. I'm glad. It's funny because I just signed with an agency. And while I was in the process of us getting to know each other, um, shout out to my agent, Charlie Del Mar. He, when he found out I was a military brat, he laughs and he goes, but you're so normal. <laughs> and I was I like, define so. normal, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. There because, you go. You have a different side. No, well, I don't think that posting. it's for us being normal. I think it's um, I'm just busting we're relatable in so many ways because of the experiences you have right, right. so depending on where right. your parents are stationed and how long and how you adjust like I handled moving way differently than my sisters but um, I think I have a lot of relatable points to me now because of that upbringing but you said it well-rounded so moving you could handle it yeah even as a even as a kid yeah well that's where sports came in the first thing my parents did before we got to a new city was find out what sport was in session and made sure that I was signed up for it. So that's how you make friends. That's how you get in a groove. And, you know, people aren't going to look at you funny if you're helping out the team. So I was very obsessive with being a perfectionist in every sport that I did. So honestly, just about any sport you can think of. I've played tennis competitively. Uh, gymnastics was the most consistent because I was in most towns that we lived in. And my mom was a gymnast. So that was something we shared. Um, dance, cheerleading, volleyball until height was a requirement because I'm the shortest in my family. <laughs> and then soccer was always a favorite. Uh, if it was in season when we moved, then that was a big one that I would always join. Didn't you just post a picture of your mom? Was that your mom who had moves or no? Yes, her dancing to Shakira. Because <laughs> I never see any pictures of your family and you keep that private. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. When I saw that, I was just like, so that's her mom. That's and her. And it was like, it was during the holidays, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. She's a November 19th baby. And awesome. my mom's nickname is a pit bull with lipstick. Um, and uh, I actually just now finally got permission to give some insight about my mom. So I keep my family a little private because my mom is tend to be known as a fixer in her career. She works with finances, but she can come oh, in I and kind you. of flip organizations. Got you. Uh, her new little gig though, and I'm super jealous of her, um, because a, a backup, not a backup career, but another interest that I've had growing up is I thought I was going to be a band manager. I love music. Guitar is my favorite. I can geek out over classics so much. But my mom is currently the uh, band and estates manager for Journey. Really? Yeah. Your mom? My mom. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Wow. Wild. Wow. No, you're blowing me away. I didn't even know about this music career at all. Oh, I'm yes. learning so much. <laughs> I'm honored that you're here. I, I, I feel like rock. a connection. You're cool. 
but I really don't. We don't really, I don't know you that cl closely. The layers. And I'm finding out so much here because normally I am prepared. But you find out this is awesome. Awesome. But anyway, so where did it, wanting to cover, is it wanting to cover pro sports? Mm -hmm. Is that your path? Is, it, is, it, is this on the way to your path where you are right now? Yeah. Uh, um, open to other things too, or, or, but, but this is your strength right now? Yeah, I'm, for me it's sports. And I think what I love is that the way that I grew up and the different things that I thought I wanted to do when I was younger, what I love about sports is how many paths have now be, become a reality, especially for women in sports. So at first I thought it was just sideline reporting and you know, that's where that was kind of the end, end all to be all. But then I realized that the analyst in me, the person who likes to pick things apart, she can play a role in it too. So the big goal for me is to be an analyst. Um, I would love to be an analyst in hockey. I know that's very different because most analysts are former hockey players that, you know, are in the Hall of Fame conversation or the greats, you know, but- You did skate. Mm -hmm. You skated. I did, I didn't and play hockey, athletic. but I figure skated. So hey. I was close enough to it. But I love looking at a stat sheet and realizing how many different stories that sheet tells. And it's up to the host, it's up to the analysts of how they're gonna tell that story. So with hockey and what's become really cool over the last few months too, now that I can have more of a focus on hockey is, you know, look at the plus and minus column and then start looking at the guys' names. I can tell five different stories from looking at that. And I want it to be translatable to fans when they're watching this game that's so fast paced and so high energy. So I think I love the storytelling aspect of it too. Um, so the big goal for me would be to be an analyst, but what got me started and why pro sports was when I was 14, we, my mom actually ended up adopting one of my guy friends, DeMonte McAllister. Um, and he out of nowhere decided he was going to become this amazing defensive end. He became one of the top DNs in the nation. We hosted Bobby Bowden at our house for dinner. Uh, Urban Meyer used to come down to Alonzo High School here in Tampa a lot to watch my brother play, try to get him on his team. At the end of it all, he had 27 D1 offers. And during that whole process and before my parents officially adopted him, he was living with us because his parents had moved away. Um, we would fight over the TV and he would force me to watch ESPN. And he would rut, we would race each other home from school to see who can get to the remote first and he would win that also all that to say that um that became how we bonded so much that became his comfort zone in the house that was so new to him was us coming home watching espn he'd go through his notebook for football he would explain to me what he was looking at i would quiz him on his playbook so that's how i first got into sports still didn't know broadcasting was a option i was just obsessed with it and after that my brother verbally committed to usc then changed his mind and went to fsu ends up playing for the Knolls. and while he's there i'd go up every weekend or every home game to watch him play and then i started making mock drafts in a notebook for fun to see if i can guess where players were going to go for the next level see if i can translate what i was looking at with my brother to you know away from him beautiful Oh my God, man, you were, you are, you are prepared. That's the thing. When you get the opportunities, you got to be able to come through. Mm -hmm. um, and you never know what those opportunities look like either. I remember, I actually remember that. 
Sometimes I remember, my wife says, you don't remember the things that I tell you? You remember the things from 20 years ago? I was going into a bar. I was a national reporter, but mm -hmm. back in the day, you had a FedEx only on weekends. It was FNN Sports. Mm -hmm. I was in New York. I covered something. I would have to go to FedEx, put it all out, boom, get it out. Because in LA, they uh, they uh, edited it. Right. That's where my producer was. I was based out of the East, in mostly New York, so Jersey, boom, boom, boom. But I went into this bar before I was going to get on the train. And a guy in there, this is how long ago it was. Your parents would know this. Yo, MTV Raps. It was on. And it was, uh, it, it was, uh, it just, it was a white dude. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm looking at it. And I, I had seen him, yo, MT, uh, yo, MTV Raps on MTV. <laughs> yes. They had Headbangers Ball. They used to have these shows. Oh, yeah. And LL's Cool J came on. And it was a short interview. And the sound was up. And I was there waiting to go. I had some time to go to the train back to Jersey. And he's like, what was your, when you get that opportunity, you got to take it mm -hmm. and you got to run with it and you got to do it. And I remember that to this day. Yeah. And you're getting these opportunities because you're it's it's you're in the right place. It's all happening. Mm -hmm. um, so congratulations on that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know it's, um, it's wild to think that you're prepared for things that you feel like you can never be prepared for. I'm always <laughs> like there's so much. You're not afraid. Done. Like yeah. you said, the betting. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're an, an expert, mm -hmm. but you know, you, you study, you know, your stuff. But you take it. Yeah. But then you gotta you gotta really you gotta do your homework. <laughs> right, 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 right. So any uh have you have you, you the way you come across is very professional. Do you get do you have to deal with anything? Do you have to get hit on oh. by any players a lot quite a bit? Yeah. Uh and you do you have your way? Every every girl that I woman that I have interviewed mm -hmm. that's great and cool has a way that they just deal with that yeah do you have do you have I how do you deal I with do, that because God, we don't have to do that we don't I know, have to deal with that i know <laughs> it's definitely different Never. i like to say that i do because you know having my brother when he you know once we got into a routine and and whatnot and he was officially like you know closer than blood to all of us that's awesome the whole team used to be at my house all the time awesome. so like nobody I've is gonna to mess with you with there guys personalities for since I was 14, you know, and now jokingly, whenever I see them, cause we're all still so very close um, and they love what I'm doing and they're my, they're my biggest cheerleaders for my career, but they're like, we made you tough. And I'm like, you guys were a pain in my butt. That's awesome. Sure. That's awesome. So for me, what I think helps and like my brother had a decent amount of success too. And I remember immediately feeling like his protector as he worked his way through FSU. He graduated the year they won the national championship. He went through the draft and ended up getting picked up by the Seahawks. At you the were end. like his protector. Yeah, yes, I felt extremely I protective of him because I saw two different things. I saw people that just wanted to be a part of whatever he was doing. And I saw people that would almost try to like see if they can cause a ruckus, like get him off his game, make a scene. So I always felt so inclined to be a voice of reason in his ear to be like, you know, Monty, don't feed into this. Like just because the Tampa Bay police officers think that you're a God here doesn't mean that you go wreak havoc and walk away from it, you know, cause his friends would get excited to do things or they'd go to certain parties and I'd be like, you don't need to go to that party. You're not missing anything. Like, so because of the dynamic that we established and because of how protective I felt of, about my brother, initially I wanted to be uh, an image crisis control for as a publicist for athletes. I wanted to protect them from the fact that they're a product. So I think when I meet these guys in the locker room, I have a, 
a candor with them for one. I have a very playful personality. That's just how I am. Sarcasm, wit is like my second language. So sometimes for them, it could be mistaken as flirtatiousness, but like, I don't see it that way. I'm just trying to establish a friendship. I want them to know, like, I'm not here to exploit them. I'm not here to hammer the negatives that take place. I'm here to see a human from a human. They see that, they know it, they, they know it. Um, now, I want to ask you about this. You have filled in with lightning vision. Mm -hmm. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have one of the best in-game presentations in the world. Oh my gosh. Now, yes, Vegas is good. There's maybe a couple of other, but lightning have always been there. And I was in live TV for so many years. Mm -hmm. And when I filled in, I made it look like with Fran's own, as long as everything was going fine, okay. <laughs> no, I was very nervous. And oh, you just did that. And you don't have a lot of long live and in front of mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of hockey fans. And you are live. Congratulations. Thank you. What was so it? Well, much. and this is about your second or third time? This second is my time? Second. Only your second. Yep. What was it like? Terrifying still. Yes. <laughs> it is terrifying. Um, but I love it. I think maybe it's the adrenaline junkie in me to see if I can do something that feels so out of reach. Um, and they are fantastic. I mean, to see the way that they multitask and how they have such a smooth show with all the things that are going on. And I mean, Stephen Frey, a huge shout out to him because with 30 seconds left, he's sitting there deciding what packages are going to go in and what are going to be eliminated. And what feels so like chaotic comes so smooth because of everyone at Lightning Vision. So I, I, I honestly adore that entire team and everyone that I've met. But um, I loved it. I was pretty hard on myself because I had two two hiccups, um, but John Franzone and Steven were fantastic. They said it wasn't a big deal. And they're like, you don't understand. Like people who do this have been doing it for years and like still, you know? So at least we, we, we did that much better than the first time because I was able to project that much more. Uh, Franzone was walking around the arena to make sure he could hear me at the tops and stuff and said that that went well. So it's just exciting. It's really fun. And when the more chances I get to do it, which hopefully I will, I keep telling JP, go somewhere so I can step in for you more. Go to Tallahassee? <laughs> yeah. Go to all the Knowles games. I got you covered. But um, I'm the never filling it, in again. I know. I'm just, I'm busting you. No, no, no. I am of so proud. <laughs> I am so proud. I Because that's it. what I And I had your voice in my head because you told me too. You were like, look, from having so many years of TV in the back, in, in, in your background, you gave me such confidence to know that like, things happen and it's smiling through it and continuing through you know i had an extended pause and then instead of saying seven i said five for a second and then i just kind of smiled through it and was like correction seven. Oh my god <laughs> but shame on has you a very fancy that language is, that he oh, likes to no, script no, in no. so but at least he wasn't yelling in your ear loud because it's steven steven now it's steven, steven in my ear steven. yeah john john you know you're very loud <laughs> but that's the only why, reason why he brought me in. Because I know you had an IFB in your ear and you can you can deal with it mm -hmm. in my ear. That was That's the reason. But you have so many reasons. Um, just one or two more. Do you love Tampa Bay? Mm -hmm. And are you willing? Uh, do you, if something calls, would you move? Would it be only something national? Would you like to do something but still have base here? Mm -hmm. what, about, uh, what about that in the future? You know, 
If you would have asked me this two years ago, I would have quickly said I'm willing to move anywhere. What's so hard with growing in Tampa and, you know, all the things that I have been blessed with and the way that this market is expanding, it's you want to be here. You want to be a part of the growth um, and it feels so much more authentic and and that community feeling when I get to do stuff like hop on the Jumbotron, you know, in studio for JP. I know that there's 50 people in the crowd that I at least know that are supporting me and, and sending me so much love and good vibrations. So it's tough to want to leave this market now. Um, ideally, I would love for this to be my hub and I wouldn't mind traveling because clearly with my background, there you go. it's easy for me to pick up, go, be on the run, live out of a suitcase for a couple of days and come back but home. But you want to have something grounded yes. and then you can go. Yeah. Wouldn't that be that? And more and more, that's how it seems to be. Exactly. I'm seeing people land these contracts where, you know, their hub is Chicago or New York and, you know, they fly out for these top games or they're gone for a couple of weeks at a time and that I can manage. Um, I have such a fantastic support system in my family. You know, I don't have any kids and stuff, so I just have a dog. My mom is grandma to Luna, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's just easy for me to be able to pick up and go and manage things. So ideally, I would love to continue to grow in this market and with Tampa and with these teams. Um, but I would also love to be able to keep this as a hub and go, you know, expand my wings coverage wise. So if Prince Charming comes by, there is no <laughs> Prince Charming, right? But if he Dating comes by, right now, he's going to have to stay. In. He's going to have to be a Tampa man. He's going to have that? to make me a really great <laughs> offer. <laughs> I'm a bull in a china shop when it comes to dating. It's date. It's changed so much. And I'm such an old soul. So like the oh, common way of going about it is, is just doesn't work for me. So settling or entertaining people in the downtime that I actually finally get these days, it's just not worth it unless it's exciting. So no, you're not going to be in a bad relationship, Tampa. right? Nah. Two, no. I don't have the attention span for it either. You see, as you get older, you don't want to deal. No. You don't want to deal. I, wrapping this up, I used to talk to some uh, students, you know, university years. And then I was like, no, because I don't want to be the guy telling them how the business really is. Mm -hmm. And then lately, I had to do Great American Teaching. My wife was running the thing. Somebody canceled. And then I've done uh, UT because a friend of mine's got a thing. And the one thing that I am just giving and my son, luckily, is that, very fortunate. And my daughter so far, 13, is everybody that I have interviewed that has made it in their profession, whether it's NHL, blah, 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 whether it's media, everyone is a good person. And they say that, yes, you have to work hard. Yes, you have to take advantage. If you're a jerk, that's what I tell the kids. If you're a jerk, nobody is going to want want you. No. And these it, good gigs are hard to get. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that I take. That's what I, and you've already got that down amongst, <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much. I think it's just easy for me to see that everyone's working through something to get where they are, you know? And I think that that's so easily discounted in a competitive atmosphere, but, you know, kind of again to lightning vision, I could meet them for 10 seconds, but seeing how they make me feel as comfortable as possible so that I can do my job, you know, who knows what their day was like before that for them to have to come in, have tunnel vision and have to work with the talent to get something done and make sure that it, that it hits off. So I think it's, for some reason, second nature to me to always kind of think in depth of what people may or may not be dealing with. I mean, I think you and I talked about this before we even started this was 
social media being a prime example. You see this beautiful exterior of stuff and, and you really don't know what's going on. And I've had two significant losses in the past oh, uh, eight years. And I think that just makes me so sensitive to the idea that like you really don't know who you're dealing with and what they're dealing with, but they're showing up. And I think that that should always count for a magnitude of something. So handling people with without judgment and with kindness is, is crucial to me because I've had such an unorthodox path in this industry, um, which is a whole uh, other conversation. No, for another but, day, it's, but to uh, know you're, where you're, I am now and to know people so only know 10% of the story is yeah. like... <gasps> I didn't. I'm doing the podcast with you, and yeah. I've only known 10 yeah. percent before this podcast. Yep. <laughs> so, in closing, um, I could go on forever, but uh, what the advice? This is, and even though you're still very, very young, but mm -hmm. boy, you've accomplished a lot. And you're you're up there, and you're on that. You're covering the NHL, yeah, <laughs> back to back. You're doing Bucks, the the goat. Even though it's this is not a good year, yeah. but. Uh, you're in this Tampa Bay growing glass now on during the pandemic mm -hmm. glass. Now the pitcher, long hair, good looking. Yeah. Looks like can throw heat. Mm -hmm. He was on uh, MLB network. He's does this. No, a podcast podcast. Well, what's his name? And I remember him saying, this is like three years ago. He's like, you want to move to downtown Tampa? No, that's where everybody. And I'm like, wow, just years ago when I covered the Rays, mm -hmm. they wanted to be on the beaches. They wanted to be Pinellas County. Yep. They would not say Vinnickville or or here. To make and it's drive. an area. But I'm just saying the area is yes. just and for young people, oh my God. It's perfect. So but 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 my my so what advice would you give to an aspiring broadcaster, podcaster, host, what you're doing? And I guess it could be guys or girls, and it's probably a little bit more special if you're talking to a girl, because that's yeah. mostly girls are very, and said the same thing. Girls, mm -hmm. women that I have interviewed have been, you know, when I saw her, that she was able to do that. Yep. What was Melissa Stark? I just understand. But you're really, you know, proud. What would be the best advice you can give? Um, that's a, that, weirdly enough, that's such a tough question because I feel extremely passionate about encouraging anybody that wants to get in this field first and foremost by saying don't give up as cheesy as that sounds um if you would have asked me <laughs> where my head was with this career two years ago i was ready to pivot honestly um but what's very hard for me is that when i when i still feel drawn to something i can't give up on it i just have to find a different angle and so it's just never giving up if you truly love it and you're truly passionate about it you have to know that all the no's are not rejection actually and all the no's aren't telling you you're not good enough all the no's are putting you on the path that's going to help you prevail better um so it's really never giving up but it's also just you have to stay true to yourself because in order to compete in this industry sometimes you look at people that inspire you and feel like you have to be them and replicate them and i noticed that when i really started just being true to myself is when i started getting noticed because you know i am different um, my delivery is different. I don't want to be so, so pinned up. I want to always have that human aspect to the conversation that I have. I want to have that angle when I talk to athletes so that fans are like, wow, I have that in common with so-and-so because 
it's knowing that you can be seen or heard or that you are relatable that inspires you to keep going. Um, it's when you feel unseen and unrelatable that isolates you and makes you feel so distant from the world. And I think when fans can feel like they have anything in common with their favorite players or coaches or teams, that it lights a light in them. So it's the biggest thing for me, not giving up. It's staying true to yourself. It's no matter what your it is, like own it. You know, when I first started in this industry, it was taboo to have tattoos. I don't have anything offensive on my body, but I'm a very artistic person and I like tattoos. I grew up surfing and all that stuff. So <laughs> there's that whole aspect to me, but I can put on a long sleeve and, and walk into a room and nobody would know, or we can start a conversation because you see something on my body that's like interesting. And then before you know it, you know something about me that you never would have known before. So there's just so many elements and angles to it. And I really started to learn to own that. Um, as I got a little bit older and because of the path that I was pushed to take and that I was set to be on because of the no's and because of the no thank you's and the no and the not yet's and I never gave up. And what's sad is there's so many talented women that I came up with in school that started with a fox and a this and a that. And, you know, because of the consistent molding or the pressure um, they ended up falling out of the career and it's sad because the world probably could have used their talent, but you have to stay with it no matter what happens. I mean, even six months ago, I was like, all right, Casey, are we sure about this? <laughs> it turns out I'm I think glad that's we life. are. That's just life, yes, isn't it? It is. It's life. The sports case, <laughs> Casey Hudson, all continued success. Thank you so much Thank you. as we have a helicopter fly over us. We're right here on the water. That's coming from the hospital, I think. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. Uh, it is It is a beautiful, beautiful day at the sale. Casey, you're it. You're it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rob. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I can tell that, you know, like I said, anybody that I've known that's been an Army brat, they're always very, um, they're able to handle a lot of situations, can talk to people about so many different things you know they're just more well-rounded it seems like having grown up in so many different places and once again uh it was confirmed super cool super talented really nice girl and i wish her the best and casey don't forget all of us when you're big Big, 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 big. You're already, you're you're already pretty dang big. You know, you got a couple of national humongous podcasts already and uh, she can do so much more. So I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. It was great. It was really cool because, you know, I was DMing her and said like, it's audio only and I don't like Zoom. She said, I don't like Zoom either. I said, so let's meet. If it's somebody that I, I can physically meet, let's meet. I think the conversation is always better. All right. What about, what about, what about at the sale, like outside? Perfect. And it was one of those things where nobody was around. It was like kind of a quiet weekday because we're not in our major, major tourist season yet. It's coming. And when it comes, look out. I mean, the area already is getting more and more populated down here in Tampa Bay, but it was just a great day, and I love being near that convention center. I've covered several Super Bowls. I've done live shows out of there, and it always reminds me of like a big a big event when I'm near that convention center, and I also like it when it's nice and peaceful and quiet, and along the water on a beautiful day, no humidity, sitting outside. You can't beat it. 
So what a day, what a day, what a day, what a day. Now, I told her after we had finished taping and we were kind of standing there for a few minutes before we went our separate ways. I remember Erin Andrews before Erin Andrews was so big. She's now with Fox Sports sideline and she does so much. And she came through Tampa Bay media and then Laura McKeenan, Laura McKeenan, uh, she's known as Laura Rutledge now. She married her, her, her sweetheart and changed her name to Laura Rutledge. She was another one. She was one that when she was, obviously she's very, very attractive. She was Miss St. Pete. She actually was in the Miss America pageant. But she was so much more than just beautiful looks. So much more. And she went to the University of Florida. So did, so did Aaron Andrews. I, I, what is it with the University of Florida? She went to the University of Florida. Laura McKeenan. And it wasn't, to me, it really, really wasn't that long ago. But what she was doing is she was grinding. She was doing uh, uh, football recruiting of high school kids, like going to different colleges. It's a big business. It's niche, but it's a big business on, on recruiting, to cover the recruiting. And man, you're, you're, you're covering high school kids, and it's, it's, it's in very inexact science because it depends on what kind of competition they played, what, how good was their high school, are they in the north? Are they down in Florida or Texas or California? Competition is much better. All that type of thing. But I remember that was what she was doing when she came, when, when, when our paths crossed. And she started doing a little bit of local TV. Uh, and then we had an opening at, now it wasn't, it was Bay News 9, but it was Bright House Sports Network. And we were doing a lot of high school stuff. And we had a full-time opening. And I remember she came through, through somebody. I got to know her a little bit. I invited her on the press box or what, or it was Toyota Sports Connection, one of the shows that I had, a couple of them. It was more on the, on the local high school scene. And I just remember her, like we had great chemistry and she even goes, we got chemistry here. You know, she was so cool, but she was absolutely stunning. And sometimes as a, as a man, as a guy, like that can overtake you. Look, I'm talking, I'm talking like a guy. If you're a guy and you're listening to, you know, you know, we can't help ourselves. There's a beautiful woman, girl that you're talking to. A lot of times that overtakes everything, you know? Uh, But I could tell that she just had so much more like, wow, to be this beautiful, and probably you can write your ticket and you're grinding on recruiting, not a, not a uh, entertaining topic and studying and hard work, great personality, good delivery. And I said to myself, I'm like, this girl's going to go far. So we had an opening and you would have to also shoot your own video and do everything. And... I can't remember whether she did apply. She might have applied. Or guys at the station were like, oh, you got to tell her to apply. But she also was looking at something bigger. And and she did go bigger. I remember her getting into the uh, SEC network 
SEC Sports Network on, you know, TV, you know, affiliated with ESPN. And she got in there. And then I was just reading recently where she drove and paid on her own dime to try to get on Paul Feinbaum's show and wasn't being paid and sacrificed. And I'm like, you know, she, you got to go the extra mile. You got to go the extra mile. But she did it. And I was like, slam dunk. I go, she is going to make it. Then, so so she she gets in. I, th- I think she was part-time. Oh, she started doing sideline reporting before, I believe, she got on ES, uh, SEC Network and then ESPN. Then I remember she ended up freelancing, doing a couple of things at CNN but doing sports and it was like, I think headline news or headline sports. And, and I saw her then. And I remember her saying to me, her goal, I said, what's your goal, Laura? She goes, I want to anchor sports center. My goal is sports center. That was at the time. Now it might be different. Now things have totally changed quite a bit. Sports center and ESPN doesn't have as much clout, but still, it's still big. And I remember I'm like, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. And I, I'm pretty sure her husband, boyfriend at the time, and then they got married. He was a baseball player. I think for some reason, I didn't look at it. I think he was Colorado Rockies organization. I can't remember. But so then she eventually, she changed her name to Laura Rutledge because she got married. And I'll never forget. I don't know if I, I was at a, a sports bar, a craft beer bar, uh a workout, a gym, wherever it was. I remember the sound wasn't up, but I looked up at a TV monitor and I remember seeing Laura Rutledge anchoring SportsCenter. And I'm like, she made it. She said that was her goal. And look at that, man. She made it. And so that did not surprise me. Now, Aaron Andrews, and I told this story to uh, the sports case, I'll just go real briefly on this one. She was another one. University of Florida grad, interning at Fox 13 in Tampa Bay, was in the press box, sitting a couple of seats away from me. Um, I think it was the Sombrero. That's how long it was. I don't think it was Raymond James Stadium. But I remember getting introduced to her. This is our intern. Her name uh, is Aaron, how are you? And very polite. And that was that, that, that was that. And then maybe I saw her at another game. And then I was at a Tampa Bay lightning game covering it and down in media dining. And she was down there and I said hello to her again. She said hello. And she said, I, I said, what are you doing here? She goes, I've got an interview with Ron Campbell. Ron Campbell was the president of the Tampa Bay lightning at the time. And he just told me to go up there. I said, do you know where to go? She goes, no. I said, you know what? I'll take you up there. So I took her up there. Uh, it was in his uh, the suite. I opened the door. I saw him. I said, hey, Ron, uh, are you supposed to have an interview here with this uh, young lady, Aaron? He goes, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll see, see you later. Boom, boom. And then I remember later, I saw her either back down in the media room or up in the press box. And I said, how did it go? She goes, I think they're going to offer me a job. I think, it, no, I think it went really well. I think it went well. Great. And I'm like, holy crap. Just like that. And then she got the job. She was the rinkside reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And she flew with the team. She covered the team. She did a very good job. 
Very good job. How about that? Out of Florida, getting a job like that. And then I know she had an agent and she got a job at TBS out of Atlanta. Major League Baseball, on set, anchor, hosting, highlights, that all that jazz. And I, I all I remember, it didn't last that long. It was either one or two years. And I know, I, I think she might have... I don't know if she was quite ready yet. You know, I'd never really majorly anchored. And here you are, national. I think there was a couple of little minor mistakes, maybe. And it didn't last. And then she was out. And then it was, I don't, I can't remember the exact time, whether it was a year later, two years later, we're covering the Lightning. And it was their Stanley Cup run with Vinny LeCavalier, Marty St. Louis, Brad Richards, Javi Bulin. And I saw her and she had a camera crew with her. And I said, hey, what are you doing? She goes, I'm auditioning for ESPN. They're kind of trying me out. They might use my stuff. And my agent got it. And because I already know the lightning, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I said, that's awesome, Aaron. Good luck. So I would see her every game during that Stanley Cup run when the Lightning won the Stanley Cup in Philly, in Calgary. As a matter of fact, I have it somewhere, a picture of her and I uh, in Calgary. I think my friend Whitney Johnson took it. We're all covering the Lightning, and it was one big happy family. Everybody was good, and she was doing good. And then I remember her in the finals saying, how's it going? She goes, I think they're going to, I think ESPN is going to offer me a full-time gig. I said, that's great, Aaron. You earned it, man. You earned it. And so she did. And then became the peephole incident where some sicko drilled a hole into the hotel wall. He had followed her, knew the schedule, requested a room. He saw what room she was in and requested a certain room. They gave it to him. He drills the peephole in. He has one of those cameras that goes in. I guess she was naked and and was walking around, had no idea she was going to be filmed. And that was when, boom, huge. And I can't imagine as a woman going through that and then having to like be creeped out and trying to travel and be on your own and all that. But it also it skyrocketed her career. I mean, it really did. And huge, 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 huge. And she made it through. And to this day, Erin is kicking butt. I think she does a fantastic job on Fox Sports. Great. She was with Dancing with the Stars. She's got a clothing line. She's got businesses, everything. And her father recently just retired as a, an invest, a reporter for News Channel 8, the NBC affiliate here in Tampa Bay, Steve Andrews. He was there for years. So she had a little bit of a background with her dad being in TV. But again, she just, she did great. She did great. But it was one of those things like, all right, she's boom, 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 boom. She's going. Laura Rutledge McKinnon, boom, 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 boom. I, she, I know she's going to make it. And now that's why I wanted to do. This is my first one on the rock stops here of someone that hasn't made it yet all the way to the top, but is on that path. I And she's on that path. And even if she doesn't go any further than what she's doing, she, Odyssey is a big company now. She's got a contract to host 
She's got a couple of these shows, podcasts, uh, and she's learning the betting, getting into the betting gambling aspect, because that's only going to get bigger and bigger. And it's just really, really cool to see. So there you go. I figured, why not do it? And I and I like I like her. She's she's cool, and uh, it's kind of neat. So remember the name now, Casey Hudson, and it won't be long. I could see her ESPN or Fox or Amazon Prime or whatever, because heck, the Amazon Prime Thursday Night Crew was standing right next to myself and Stephen Shea from Barstool when they came on the field a couple of weeks ago when they were here and they had a female, uh, I don't really know. She's not that old and she does a good job, but I mean, I could see Casey doing something like that or whatever. The sky's the limit and she's got the work ethic. She knows and her personality is great and everything. So it's really, really cool. All right. What is happening, happening, happening? We are, man, football season is really moving fast. This is the fastest football season I've ever, uh, I can remember. But I say that every year. It's almost like the, the heat in the summertime. It's like, oh, this is the hottest. This is the hottest. Each year I say it. And the football season is going by so stinking fast. So and, uh, no X's and O's on the rock stops here. I do have another podcast, uh, and it's called bucks kickoff podcast that's on joe bucks fan that's always 24 hours before every buccaneer game uh but boy oh boy the way that season's been going oh my god oh my god crazy nfl season can't wait again i have put in credentials for the super bowl but i'm not so sure how that's all going to work out it's in arizona so I'm, i'm working on that i do plan on being at the nfl combine once again that's my goal even the nfl owners meetings and that's in arizona we'll see about that but hopefully I can bang out some major, major, major guests. All right. So one incident that I had that, oh my God, it's still, I'm still itching today. And it's probably been about five days now. Holy shit. I got stung and stung and stung and stung again so fast by a yellow jacket, a huge yellow jacket nest or whatever you call it holy crap oh now thank god i am not allergic allergic to yellow jacket stings i've gotten stung over here my wife and daughter if there's a little bee flying around oh with the flowers they're nothing but the yellow jackets so we live i have a nature preserve in my backyard, I got a creek, and then on the other side is woods, and it goes all the way back for, for acres and acres. And so I love it. We get all kinds of animals. There's a bunch of, there's two coyotes, and there's also this black coyote. We got a little tiny dog, always on the leash, but at dusk, and I'm concerned. Uh, but anyway, anyway. I, I did not see this yellow jacket. It was It's in the ground. We had an incident about five years ago in the backyard near a tree. And oh my God, my lawn guy got stung and told me about it. And we went down and I, I con- we contacted someone, a bee guy. And he came out with the whole suit. It looks like a hazmat suit. Boom, took care of it, shot stuff in there. You can't, a spray won't do crap. With yellow jackets, 
they are so aggressive. So I'm minding my own business. We got, they like vegetation. Like on the, on the one side of our house, between our house and the neighbor is a big tree. And then there's a lot of like uh, plants, just na- natural, you know, Florida natural plants and, and weeds too and stuff like that. I let that grow a little bit between us. It's a little bit of like, almost like woods. And then the other side is totally, you know, cut grass. And uh, I sit out there from time to time. The girls go to sleep. I'll have a beer or two. It's beautiful outside, man. And just like sit out there. Boom, boom, boom. I had no idea what was festering underneath that ground. So there was a, uh, we got a patio, screened in patio with a pool. And I took out the big umbrella that's at our table and I threw it over there. I was doing some cleaning and I threw it down on the ground and it was, I meant to go get it. It was probably like three days, two to three days. So we were over at Disney and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. So I came back or Orlando for the cheerleading and then uh, Disney Springs. So I came back and I said, okay, let me, let me take that umbrella. Let me put it back now to provide some sun. We still get sun here, even though it's, December just about and anyway um and I picked it up and within seconds I got attacked by yellow jackets it was in the ground and I've now learned this from the bee guy they release this odor one of them when it starts stinging you and all the yellow jackets come I was running getting stung I had to take off my shorts I was getting stung through my shorts, in my hair, on my arms, my legs, trying to swat them off. They were stinging so bad. I was here by myself. It was like, oh my God. And then I just had underwear on and my shorts. I wasn't going to run in the front of the yard. I would have if I had to, but I was on the other side of the house now and just, oh, and then immediately it gets real red and then they start swelling. And, oh, it was brutal, man. Brutal. Brutal. I got stung last time five years ago by the Yellow Jackets down by the creek. Not as bad as this one. This one was brutal. So I found some spray. And I had my guy, Greg. I got it. We got a handyman. Older gentleman's great. And he was going to help me take down and put up a TV on the patio. We got a TV on the patio, and it's great at this time of year for football, outside, let the girls be inside, doing their thing. We don't have a big house, so there's nowhere to really go or hide, and that has kind of been my oasis, but the TV just crapped out. It's probably, I don't know, eight years old, and just from the elements, the plug still worked. I had an electric. It was just, it was done, and I, I didn't get around to it, and it's been out for months, and finally, I went for a Black Friday sale, $326 off, got a big 55-incher, baby, and I've been waiting for my guy to just help me put it up, and he said he was able to come that day, and I didn't want to cancel because I want to get this TV in because it's nice outside, and it's football season is winding down. I haven't been able to be outside on the patio and watch some TV at night, football or whatever, whatever, and documentaries, and... uh and I wasn't going to cancel him. So I, what I really should have done was I should have put ice or taken a shower or put some lotion on. So I just sucked it up 
when he came here, Greg, and we took down the other TV and because it's into the wall with the metal and I'm not just not that good. I need help. And then put up the other TV. All the while, I had so many sting and bites on me that were just getting redder and itchier. And then he helped me and we finished it. And then he left and then I took a shower and then I looked for uh, this stuff you put on. Uh, it's basically like an anti-itch cream. It didn't do squat. And then I went and then and then I called like, you know, you just Google bee stings. No, no. Uh, how to get rid of a yellow jacket nest. And all these the ones that like take care of rodents, pest control. But they're not actually bee experts. So one came out that day, and I'm just like, you got to take care of this because they're swarming. Oh, I did spray some like wasp spray, and that didn't do squat. And they're flying around like crazy. We got a little dog. We usually go out the side when we take our dog out two, three times that day and night, you know, to go to the bathroom. And I can't be, you know, not going out this side door. And only the front door, come on, man, help me out, help me out. All right, I'll have somebody come. But this guy was like, oh, we got to dig it out. Oh, it's going to be this amount of money. I'm like, I came in, my wife goes, no, no. I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I'm here all itchy. I'm swollen. I'm stung like so many times. I want to get rid of these bees. And you're worried about price? She was right. She was right. I had to come out and I said, listen, man, no, 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 hold off, hold off, hold off. I got to get an ex another, uh, you know, another estimate. And he's like, oh, okay. But he wanted to dig it out. It's going to cost all this and two cents. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, Emily, where did you do you have in your phone the, the the bee sting guy that we had five years ago? She found his name and I contacted him and he would be there on Monday. And then he said, I got a This is on a Friday. I got a cancellation. I'll be there Saturday. And when he came man, he is great. He is from Jupiter, Florida, Citrus County. He does most of the state. He does airport T at Tampa International. I guess there's bee hives and planes. He does power and light companies up on their on their lights. There's all these beehives. And when he saw me and saw my stings and saw what was going on, he's like, Yep, yellow jackets. He goes, I love to kill them because boy, they they put a hurt. They got you good, huh? I said, Oh, he goes, You're lucky. He's he was a real good old boy. He was great, man. My man. His name is Stan. If any of you ever need a bee removal guy, although he's busy, he's busy, but DM me, you know where my social media is and I'll help you out because he was great. He gave a year guarantee. He was a quarter of the cost of the pest control dude and he just took care of business and he goes, they'll be flying around a little bit for today. And I, I, you know, he shoots that stuff in that hole, the other hole, and then uh, boracic acid on top of that when they try to fly back. And then by tomorrow, they'll be all gone. And I remember being down near the crick. He called it a crick. And he was just, he was fantastic. You see his little truck, bee sting stand. Or, you know what I mean? It was like great. He put on his suit, he took care of it, and it was all good to go. But I, oh, so then I found, he goes, I said, what, what do I take, Stan? He said, Benadryl has, a, Benadryl has a spray. 
I said, thank you, Stan. I went. As soon as he left, I shot down to Walmart. I got a Benadryl spray. I'm spraying that thing on there. And this was on Saturday. And then my wife said, okay, tonight we're going over to so-and-so's house. My daughter is friends with this person, girl, or family. I'm friends with her mom. And it's going to be the husband's. And they're going to watch a movie and we're just going to talk and hang and this and that. We'll have pizza. Okay, great. But I was itching so bad. And you cannot, I read up on this in Google, like don't start scratching it because you can get an invest in, you can get infected. And so great. And so we go over there. It was really nice, but it was that Saturday night. I had so much Benadryl spray on me. I pretended like nothing was wrong. We had good conversation, me and the dads, dads and I. The women were at a table. The kids were playing video games. And now it was time for the movie. They had an unbelievable setup outside on the pool. Oh, my God, a big screen TV. Boom. But I didn't know everything was going to be shut down. And the dads and everybody's going to be sitting there. And it was enchanted. It was something that I'm not interested in. But And I was like, Oh my God, this means I got to sit still now for the next two hours. I thought we'd be just hanging and drinking some beers and I can move around. And I'm, and I was like, Oh, and so I didn't say anything, but my one arm was itching so bad from a couple of bites that were there that I, I scratched it a little bit and it, it was rough to just sit for two hours with family time at watching Enchanted, a movie on a big screen with the kids. But it was a nice night. And actually, it wasn't a bad movie, and it was a nice time. My daughter had a great time with her friends, and everybody had a nice time, and I couldn't wait to spray. I wish I had Benadryl so bad I didn't bring it with me in the car. And as soon as we got home, man, I took a shower and I started spraying that stuff on again. And it was like that to this day, to this day, to this day, I'm days and days later. Boom. But my brother told me he's got a uh, friend that has to wear some metal thing on him if you're if you're allergic to yellow jackets. So made it through, man. There you go. If that's the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, but thank you to experts that know what you're do- what they're doing. That's why I don't try to Mickey Mouse things. Like what I'm going to tackle now with the next day or so is putting up all the lights, getting up on the ladder. Here we go. It's not my thing. It really isn't. But my wife and daughter, my wife said, you know, your lights, number one priority. Addie wants them. Okay, gotcha. So here we go. I'm thinking about getting up on the ladder because I got to put them on a gutter and put it on a freaking bicycle helmet. I'll look like one of those, uh, you know, in case I fall off the ladder, at least I won't crush my head. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But I thought about it. But anyway, listen, listen. I have babbled on long enough for another edition of the Rock Stops here. Listen, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Please, thank you. Tell tell your peeps, man. Tell peeps. Let's let's uh, let's expand this bad boy. Come on now. So maybe I'll try to do something idiotic to go viral. What do you think? Should I do that? Should I be like the Joneses? Try to do something to go viral? Maybe that's what I gotta do. 
So, I don't know. Anyway, thank you to the sports case, Casey Hudson, future superstar, and my man Stan, taking care of the Yellow Jackets. You the man, Stan. I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, guys. Bye.